Hey everybody, welcome to the Tomato Tomato Podcast. It's a podcast about movies and how they're reviewed. And I should have thought of something clever before we started this episode, but I can't think of a clever third thing. Um, I'm Jenna, your usual co-host, and joining me as always is... The other usual co-host, Chris. Yay! And like, do you have a witty thing to add in that I didn't have I didn't have enough coffee to come up with a witty thing this morning (laughs) we're both in such a good place to start podcasting um MCU phase three motherfuckers all right if you just had your volume very loud I am sorry (laughs) yeah okay I'm like are we on like I don't even know. Are we like a sports YouTube channel now? Because that's what that Twitter is like. You tomato, tomato podcast. Welcome to MCU Phase Three Rundown. Boop, yeah. boop, boop, boop. Sports YouTube or like World Star. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, we're here. If you couldn't tell by Chris's loud shouting, um, we're here to talk about the Phase Three of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, a phase that is still not over, which is surprising. I, I know we talked about this kind of to an extent last week when we were talking about Phase Two, but it's like the the density of movies in this phase has increased so much to the fact that we're still like, oh my god, we're still not done. Yeah, like this we, is like an eight movie phase. Well, so far, and then we still have more to go. Like there's there's still a solid year of these movies like in this phase like it is what will it ever end no supposedly 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 in Avengers four Electric Boogaloo we might be doing time travel but also fuck you (laughs) like because I yeah I could go on a whole rant about that where they're like well we'll come to that yeah at some point. But for now, we're talking about, so we're talking about everything post Ant-Man. So I remember this was kind of phase three, like the end of phase two, the start of phase three was like my, like the MCU is my shit. I'm here for whatever you do. I am so excited. I remember how much it blew my mind when they did the big like press conference thing of like here's every movie that we have planned for the next five years and that was such a crazy and cool thing for me i remember both of us did like vlogs about it which are kind of probably endearing if you went back and watched it now (laughs) but like it it seemed so crazy at the time of like holy shit we're gonna get like a dozen new movies and they're gonna like all these panther captain marvel inhumans Uh, yeah we'll get to inhumans we'll get to inhumans because remember when inhumans was supposed to and phase three yep. farm remembers <laughs> but, but yeah i just but, i remember how crazy it felt but leading off phase three yes is uh the russo brothers captain america civil war otherwise known as iron man four <laughs> it's, otherwise known as captain america 2.5 yeah or avengers uh 2.5 yeah take it back uh Certified fresh at 91, 89% audience score. Captain America Civil War begins the next wave of Marvel movies with an action-packed superhero blockbuster boasting a decidedly non-cartoonish plot and the courage to explore thought-provoking themes. Okay, so I... If you if you take out the Captain America Civil War part in Marvel, yeah. you could uh, put in 
BVS in DC and it works exactly the same. I was just but, gonna say that or you put Winter Soldier in here. Yeah. That also sounds like a pull quote for Winter Soldier. Yeah. And honestly, I think Winter Soldier and BVS both handle the non-cartoonish themes better. Like they handle the nuance of the material that is being spoken about. Yeah, this movie is too stuffed. I, I mean, in a good way, there's a lot going on, but I still enjoy this movie. It's, it's for me, still one of the better MCU movies, but it's not without its problems, this Tony. Is the, this, is the best, this is the best Avengers movie. It really but, is, though. But it's still not, I don't know. It doesn't mean It's not my favorite Winter Captain Soul. America movie. It's not, I don't know. Uh, like it's it's so frustrating because I remember everything leading up to when this movie came out and how excited I was and how I remember when the footage screened at, at D23 and I just reading the descriptions of it. Your like, buddy, your pal, your bucky. Yep, that in particular. Like I remember being so excited and like I remember the the like a day or two after the D23 footage came out that I was like out with some friends like eating dinner or whatever and I was just on my phone the whole time constantly like are they going to release the trailer? Are they going to release the trailer? And then it was still like six months until we actually got the trailer, but it still was worth it. Cause I still was like, I need to see your pal, your buddy, your Bucky and like all of this other stuff. But I remember my hype going into this movie and I remember mostly enjoying it, but now with age, more problems have become present. And I think the Tony of it all is a pretty significant part of that. I, well, it's part of, if you listen to our Phase 2 episode, a lot of the problems from Phase 2 carry over into this one, being namely Tony. Yeah. Um, just go back to the MCU Phase 2 and 1 to cover that, but also the there is no follow-through on the status quo changes. Yeah. Mainly well, being, like the end to- of it. Yeah, Steve yeah. Airs his friendship. It's like, yeah, we're around if you need us. It's like, no, you could have left the Avengers just completely broken, disassembled. Yeah. And that would have made it. I mean, they are kind of doing that in Infinity War, but, but leaving Civil War. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like we're, we still have the, the one shot in the Infinity War trailer where Tony has the flip phone and he's going to call Steve. Like yeah. they're, they're mended enough to justify everyone coming together for like to, to fight Thanos. But I don't know. It's, it's like you said, like this should have stuck more. And I feel like it's interesting because considering how much of an impact the storyline has in the comics, you honestly could have made this like you could have just gotten rid of Age of Ultron. You could have made this the second Avengers movie. Like I actually had an impact from it. Like, I remember everyone had their running Deadpool of who was going to get it, and no one did. Yeah. Everyone expected someone to get it, and no one did. And then uh, Rhodes gets shot down, but now he's walking around like yeah. nothing happened. So what was the point? <laughs> it was just for man pain. Yeah, it's, it's sick of that Tony, Tony's man pain, really. That's the only reason Rhodey got shot down was for Tony's man pain. Well, and it's that's a large genesis of this movie is that it's Tony being upset 
and feeling Are you talking guilty. about Iron Man 1, 2, 3, Avengers? <laughs> <laughs> Which one are you talking about here? That, know, describes like, that, that was part of what frustrated me. It's like, I wanted a genuine third Captain America movie. Or I, I, I would have loved it because yeah. I remember reading it. They were going to do the Mad Bomb. Oh, yeah. And like I remember the Russo's talking about it where like the Mad Bomb goes off and he has to decide like, do I fight these civilians even though they're crazy? And then it ends like that would have been so much more interesting. Yeah, like I, I even if you had done Civil War, but you had not made Tony as prominent of a character as he was, I don't know. It's just like the, the amount of Tony in this movie was not what I signed up for. And in the process, we kind of, we got somewhat of an advancement in like Steve's storyline and in the rest of like Team Cap, like the people that we all give a shit about after Winter Soldier were so, secondary to Tony. Peter Rayner of the Christian Science Monitor. Oh boy. Downey Jr. persists in trying to give a real performance in these Marvel movies and against all odds, succeeds. Fresh. B minus. You shouldn't, that shouldn't be your pull quote in a Captain America movie. Ugh. It's upsetting. It's so, it bothers me so um, much. Anthony Lane of The New Yorker, the motto of the directors, Anthony and Joe Russo, appears to be, if you can make it happen, do it. Don't hold back. <laughs> like, uh, I, I, my thing is, is, like, I like a lot of the elements of this movie. I think that <clears throat> there are, there are stretches of this movie that are executed in a way that I enjoy. I like the as as hesitant as I was about like Peter's introduction and like T'Challa's introduction and stuff, I think they both were handled in an interesting sort of way. I, it's funny to me now that that's kind of become the touchstone for how to do things. Like that's exactly what they're saying with like Batgirl, and yeah, that's what they're doing with Aquaman. Solo, yeah. Yeah, it's like, let's introduce you in a team-up movie and then flesh you out in a solo movie. And I think that's a really interesting approach. And I think for both of those characters, it worked effectively. But it still just bothers me that a lot of that came from Tony kind of being the driving narrative force of this movie. Yep. Uh, but one character who was not introduced in this movie and is arguably uh, the Incredible Hulk of Phase 3. Uh is dr whitewash dr whitewash remember 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 the time when we thought that a person of color would play this role remember remember, remember when it was almost pedro yes uh, i okay so dr strange is such a weird thing because like okay as much as we just bitched about civil war this is like after time i bitched about civil war I immediately started bitching about Doctor Strange. Like I got <laughs> out of the theater with a group of friends and I went on this whole rant and they were like, chill, it's, it was an okay movie, it was good. And I'm like, that's the thing, it was just good, it wasn't great. And like, I went on this whole rant about it because- <sighs> So it's fresh 89%, 34 reviews. Doctor Strange artfully balances its auteur source material against the blockbuster constraints of the MCU, delivering a thoroughly entertaining superhero origin movie in the bargain. 86% liked it, audience. I, I, it, this is typical Marvel fare. You could literally replace Stephen Strange with Tony Stark yeah. and the Mind Stone with the arc reactor or whatever fucking stone it is. Um, I had higher I hopes. Yeah. Because Scott Derrickson has that horror background. Yeah. And I really thought he was going to deliver on that. And he did not. This movie. And not 
this movie feels like the biggest example of the movie by committee kind of thing that we were talking it's about. It's serviceable. Now. Yeah, it's like, it's we're just going to make, like, and I, I like Derrickson. I like what he has to say about movies in general. I think. Me too, which yeah. I hate to yeah. like shit on this movie because he's like a generally like kind of cool person on Twitter and everything. And he has, like you're saying, good things to say. And like, I like. I like elements of this movie, but it is my least favorite MCU movie, I would say, because it it's exactly it's it's playing it safe to a large part. It's kind of just going through the motions of what audiences know a Marvel movie can be and not really kind of trying to do something more beyond that. Yeah, that's that's what it is really. Um but you know the spectacle of magic and inception. Um, I really, I haven't seen this since theaters. Yeah. I, um, I saw it at the dollar theater with my family, like six months after it actually came out. And it was funny taking my little sister. Cause this was like the second MCU movie that she had seen in a theater. Cause civil war was her first one. And she saw this one and she's like, why did you take me to this? I don't <laughs> like Dr. Strange. I don't like him he's at all. Asshole. He's an asshole. And I was like, thank you. Like it made me so happy that she like came away from it totally reading him the way that I had and not just like, oh, he's this redeemable, like not even anti-hero, but like this kind of lovable asshole of a character. I was like, no, he's a dick. He kind of starts becoming, I don't know. I So like Richard Brody says of the New Yorker, <laughs> lives up to its title in mostly good ways. Uh uh stephanie uh zach eric uh cumberbatch both a natural comedian and subtle one knows how to get a big laugh from nothing more than an arched eyebrow uh let's see christopher orr of the atlantic with dr strange the marvel magic seems largely to have run out which is unfortunate given the movie's titular protagonist is himself a magician yeah it like it, it frustrates me because this movie introduced so many concepts that could have been executed in a completely different way and would have been like an exciting thing to see like, oh, how is this going to carry forward and whatever. But like whitewashing Tilda Swinton's character and like just kind of making the movie about certain things when it really could have been about something different and having another forgettable villain like... Yep. You you bring Mads Mikkelsen <laughs> into the MCU. It's the, he basically gets it's the Eccleston. Eccleston treatment. Yeah, he gets the Eccleston treatment. Like the one highlight of his performance is the whole like when they meet like in the middle of Act Two and he's like introducing himself and he's like it's Stephen Strange or whatever and he's like okay and he goes Doctor Strange and he's like oh that is a strange name or whatever like some pun about that yeah That's like the and highlight of his performance for me because the rest of it is so boring and see because all of that was like that's what you get when you have Dan Harmon do rewrites for you oh yeah Dan Harmon did rewrites for this movie I totally and, like about that. what do you expect it's going to be punched up with comedy Doctor Strange who is totally known for his comedy chops in the comics. <laughs> Here's the thing though, okay. The the most that Cumberbatch, like the, the way that Cumberbatch won me over for his performance as Doctor Strange was in Ragnarok. 
And so yes. I think even the comedy, cause like there are like, I'm trying to think about it. The, the Dr. Strange run that started like a year or so ago is genuinely funny. It's just kind it of, is. it's him being like a human disaster in New York and just dealing with demons and shit. And that's what this movie should have been instead yes. of trying to make like a hero's journey sort of thing. I don't know. It, it, he, it's so typical. About him that was so generic and unrelatable. But then in Ragnarok, he gets kind he of was that, interesting. Yeah, he gets that weird kind of comedic energy to him that I honestly, it makes me excited to see. <laughs> Taika, what? Yes, exactly. It's, we'll it's come Taika. Back to that later, though. It's Taika. But like, I am genuinely excited to see him in Infinity War because of that Ragnarok yes. cameo, because it was handled in a way that I think was really fun and not having to be bogged down. It's the Peter Parker thing. It's like when, when, when we've gotten six Spider-Man movies beforehand that were just trying to treat Peter as like the center of the universe and he had to carry the weight of the world on his shoulders, it didn't translate as well as just having him be a kid. Exactly. And Doctor Strange is almost the same way. It's like when you had to put all of the cosmos and like the time-space continuum on his back, he's just like, no, I just want to be a sorcerer and figure out what I'm doing. I'm going to stay in my lane. Yeah. So I, I think the staying in your lane aspect seems to work way better for him. And I think I still want him to like pop up in the MCU here and there. I, I'm okay if there's a sequel, but it like, it has to have something different to really win me over. I feel like now with the direction the MCU is going, we're going to see like, solo ensemble movies yeah like dr strange has a good supporting cast elevate them make yeah. them interesting and engaging like in black panther but we'll come back to that yeah but like and yeah you you have a potential with dr strange it's just that the the solo movie didn't necessarily reach that potential uh and then going off of ensemble casts is how, uh how is this so much lower it's much lower. Um, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, 83%, 58 rotten reviews. Uh, volume 2's action-packed plot, dazzling visuals, and irreverent humor add up to a sequel that's almost as funny, if not quite as thrillingly fresh as its predecessor, 88% audience score. Actually, now that I say it, I do kind of get why I get why the score is what it is for this movie, but I also don't get how Doctor Strange's is higher. That's my thing. Like I, I don't know. I enjoy this movie. We did a whole episode about this movie. This movie kind of arguably was the reason why we started this podcast yeah. <laughs> to an extent. But and like I know it's not a perfect movie, but it's just fun. It, it knows it what it needs to do, and it just has fun. Yeah, I'm glad they lit. Gun do his thing. Um, let's see, Anthony Lane again from New Yorker. Let's hope that volume three recaptures the fizz of the original instead of slumping into the most expensive group therapy session in the universe. <sighs> I don't agree with that. I don't. Uh, I don't know. I don't like that because I don't know. It's it's Gun's whole thing, and I know we talked about this last week, but the whole thing that he said the other day of these movies are about like abused children kind of learning how to love again and how to have a family again. And the fact that that is such an undertone of this movie that has dick jokes and a giant planet and baby Groot and all of that stuff, like the way that the serious seriousness of it was worked in, I know isn't going to resonate with everybody, 
but I also don't think it's unnecessary the way that this guy kind of made it sound. So this is the guy who gets it, David Sims of the Atlantic. Surprising, right? <laughs> and Marvel lingo, Guardians 2 feels like a great six issue arc, the kind of storytelling that used to be the backbone of superhero comics. Yeah. That's it. It's kind of broken. The movie is structured weirdly, <laughs> but in an interesting way, it there's works. A lot going on. Yeah, it, there's a lot of jumping back and forth, but I don't mind it as much in this movie as others um, because it's. I like the characters. It's entertaining. It's action packed and bright and colorful and funny. <sighs> and talking raccoons. And I don't mean that in like a demeaning way. I generally do enjoy all of those things. <laughs> it, like, we talked about it with the first Guardians. That movie was such a weird thing to introduce to mainstream audiences. And so when you get to this movie where the Guardians have been like a pop culture thing for a couple of years and everyone knows who Groot is and all that sort of stuff, yeah, you are going to be kind of bogged down a little bit by that. But I also think to an extent this movie handles kind of, I don't know, it delivers something that feels like a worthy sequel. Yes. Like, uh, it, yeah. Yeah, pretty much that. Um, <laughs> And then uh, on to Spider-Man Homecoming. So this is 92% fresh. Only 24 rotten reviews out of a little over 300. Wow. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming does whatever a second reboot can, <laughs> delivering a colorful, fun adventure that fits snugly in the sprawling MCU without getting bogged down in franchise building. And yeah. 88% audience score. Same as Guardians, by the way. Same audience score, <clears throat> which is interesting. Um, yeah, this movie, we never ended up talking about it on the podcast, but it I I was pleasantly surprised by this movie. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I have I, I have a fondness <clears throat> for it, I think is the word. There there are so many things that it did right that I never knew I could get from a Spidey movie that I didn't know I wanted that the other movies never touched upon, which is yeah. focusing on the high school aspect, his <laughs> friends, him just being a kid and not even from the setting. Cause every other Spider-Man movie kind of focused heavily on kind of like New York and not like all the boroughs and making it feel like he's your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Yeah, in all of the other movies, A, they, like, rushed to get him to graduate high school. Like, it was such a fast thing in both which of them. Which is one of the most interesting aspects of the character, and you're rushing away from that. Yeah, which I get it when you cast an older actor to an extent, but also, I don't know. It, it, it was almost that they didn't know how to write it and make it interesting, so they just focused as little on that as possible and then just, like, ran right into the kind of the the more outside of that stuff but even then like you said having him just guard his neighborhood to an extent feels so yeah. much better than like <clears throat> oh all of new york or all of the world is at stake exactly like the, the stakes were still there and part of it is is that the villain was a very interesting villain i think it was like it's so funny how the past three MCU movies have had like, or four to an extent, if you lump Guardians in there, but like villains that actually have more to them. Yeah, it was 
this was the phase around the time where they realized, oh, our villains in the last two phases widely sucked. Sucked that. Yeah. <laughs> so let's up our game a little bit here. And like, it's such a weird array of characters when you just look at these last four movies in terms of who the antagonists are. Like, it's such a weird array of like points of view and performances and different kind of things that you're going for, but they all are pretty effective within the context of their individual movies. And like, I love how Vulture was handled. I was very Same. pleasantly surprised by a, how Michael Keaton performed it and B, how he was written. And I just, I part of it is the kind of the fact of like, we're going to take down Tony Stark. Like we're going to personally- yep. we're gonna <laughs> It's like, yep, him. you're not a villain. You're the good guy. No, it's like- you There's go, our hero. You go right ahead. I completely admire what you're doing. But you still got this villain that was really kind of, you could, you, you could understand where he was coming from. Yes. And after so many movies of just generic- villains it was kind of refreshing to kind of present that aspect of it and like to even have peter be like i don't want to fight you i'm not going to kill you you're my friend's dad like i'm gonna i'm gonna try to help you as much as possible it's just that your your crusade kind of got out of control i think it's a really interesting way of putting it and it fits with peter yeah uh but james bernadelli of real views the movie lacks inspiration. Even the big twist is more worthy of a suppressed chuckle than a drop jaw. It's like something pulled out of a bad soap opera. <sighs> Two and a half out of four. Damn. I I don't know. I think that it it handles it well as a teen movie. Like it, it I don't know. It's John Hughes with Spider Man. Yeah. That's it. Like, that's exactly the kind of twist that you would expect in a John Hughes superhero movie, sort of. Like, it, it's effective in that regard. And I, it, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of fresh reviews for this movie. Good. Uh, another rotten one, a strangely oblivious film, one that undercuts its story with exactly the sort of praise hungriness that its hero lean, learns to overcome. Uh, the movie breaks no new ground in action sequences that were intended to be thrilling, such as an epic battle on the Staten Island Ferry, just sit there on the screen, incapable of stirring a single pulse, but content in their confidence. Damn. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't harsh. know. The last thing I'm going to say about this movie before we move on is that I, I, I am excited to see what this franchise is able to do when Tony steps or when Peter steps out of Tony's shadow. What he's able to do his own thing. Yeah, me yeah. too. Here we go again. Not to shit on Tony Stark, but we're <laughs> going to completely shit on Tony Stark. It's I how all MCU problems kind of uh, circle back to him. Uh, it uh, like we, we've just reached a breakthrough. It's like all of phase three's problems stem from trying to be Tony Stark or trying to put Tony Stark in your movies. But yeah, cause Peter ha like Holland does such a good job as Peter and he's so fun to watch, but I think it, it'll be interesting to see how he is in the confines of like a Spider-Man sequel where it's not just trying to belittle him kind of. Because that's kind of what Tony's role in the film sort of was, was to like keep him in check and remind him like, oh, hey, you're just a kid. You have a lot more to learn, which is, it's it was an interesting dynamic, but at the same time, it was such, it was like my one downside with this movie because yeah. we don't need our main character like constantly talked down to, I don't know. Yeah, uh, but one 
movie that doesn't have its characters <laughs> talk down to each other. You're just like it's segueing from one to the other. <laughs> is Thor Ragnarok? Yeah. Okay. So we've talked about this one. If you want to hear like two hours of thoughts, we have a whole episode about that. But um, yeah, ninety-two. It, it's fresh AF, as the kids would say. Same exciting Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah, that's weird. Exciting, yeah. funny, and above all, fun. Colorful cosmic adventure that sets a new standard for its franchise and the rest of the MCU. Agreed. Agreed. Um, we should have done a thing. We should have like written down what the the Rotten Tomato scores were for the movies that we've already covered and seen if they had changed at all. Because I do feel like like Guardians and Ragnarok and whatever have at least like leveled out a little bit than yeah. what we're talking about them opening weekend. But yeah, I mean, Ragnarok is Ragnarok. I I still love this movie. I have this weird like love for this movie because it took it took the cosmic stuff in a direction that I had always wanted, but I didn't know I needed. Uh, let's see. Matthew Lacana says, "Watiti's take on the God of Thunder plays a bit like the Rock mockumentary. This is Spinal Tap. It's front loaded with jokes." Uh, built around a severe humbling and full of silly bombast. Adam Graham says Ragnarok is supposed to play for laps, uh, but it feels like a joke. The joke is on the audience. <sighs> C minus. Sam. I, here's the thing. I have friends that did not like this movie. I had one friend who messaged me and almost like told me that they almost walked out of this movie. Wow. So interesting to me. I I can see it to an extent. I, I I like this movie more on the second viewing. Yeah, there's I don't know it's it's I I can I can I can get it, but at the same time, I see this as such a positive and as such a especially after as we were talking about the other two Thor movies and how it's like did did they like Dark World? They see Dark Worlds. Yeah, it. I don't know. I think that this, and I get some people. Kind of the argument was, oh well, now they're just putting Thor like in the Guardians of the Galaxy, essentially. Like they're trying to put that formula onto a Thor yes. movie, and they weren't sure if it worked. But I think with Taika and with the cast that, like, the cast in this movie is insane. Like, it is genuinely insane that this many good people were in. It's like Guardians movie. One level. Yeah. Cast insanity. Yeah, and like, and just bringing so many interesting characters and bringing Valkyrie and like just all of the things that it was able to introduce are a little overwhelming, but in a way that I think benefits kind of the cosmic side of stuff and yes. benefits the Thor franchise because now people give a shit. Yeah, uh, and it's a shame that it had to take three movies to get to this point. <laughs> I think. It's, it's, Not, it's such a gamble, but it, it like was so effective. I remember when I remember when this movie was announced and the the title card that they showed was like all dark and like decaying and just looked like just big. It, it looked like what you would have expected as the third movie in the Thor franchise. And like and for one called Ragnarok. Yeah, and especially after the Age of Ultron stuff where it was like Thor's weird little vision thing. Which would have been the the one thing that would have been funny is if Ragnarok had like played into that in a way of like yeah. let's let's recreate the vision but then completely mm -hmm. convert it. That would have been kind of funny. But 
the 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 evolution of this movie from this dark and depressing sounding thing which i was still on board for when it was announced because i was like oh hell yeah take everything we know about the thor franchise and just like burn it down because i'm so bored with the thor franchise but then the the fact that it went from that to doing that in this big colorful mark mother's boss scored bonanza is so fun and so unexpected and i'm really happy that it's what happened same uh, so go back and listen to our uh, episode about that. Yeah. You could also go back and listen to our episode about the latest MCU venture, a uh, little indie flick. It made some money, I guess. I guess. Uh, <laughs> small chunk of change, Black Panther. I Okay, I just noticed a thing. The Rotten Tomatoes like audience score for this movie is still down because of people being horrible. Yeah, they're called racists. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, I, I hate those people so much. Um, but yeah, we, we've just, talked about this movie yeah, at just length. Just go back and listen to our episode about it. It's, I know, but like, is there anything else we want to say? I don't want to just end it as like, go back and listen to our other movie. <laughs> um, I, I'm just scanning through the top critic section uh, and I, I did not hit one rotten review. Well, because the three rotten re reviews we've already covered. Oh, that's right. Armin. God, ah, fucking Armin. Armin. Well, there's 13 rotten reviews. Oh, damn. Okay. That's way more than there were when we well, that's why Rotten Tomatoes is a flawed system because it doesn't aggregate every review and people just instantaneously latch onto the score that comes out that weekend. But, you know, whatever. Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> is a flawed system and it should burn all down to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> From Jordan of World of Real, Black Panther doesn't live up to the hype. C plus. <sighs> okay. Okay. Uh, Phil of ABC Tucson. Oh boy. Has more in common with the second tier Marvel tales on Netflix. Which, uh, by the way, can we talk about so the way that this page is organized of like showing all of the MCU things in order, it puts all of the TV ones after all of the movies. And so when you jump from Ragnarok to Black Panther, you get like six TV shows in the interim. Well, see, I, I click the thing at the there's a thing right above it. That you, so you could just show movies. Oh, see, I have the all because wow. I was just like, <laughs> oh, that was an option. But so if you look at this page and you look at the all, it's it's an interesting indication of the MCU because I don't think people I don't think the more casual people realize the shitty TV shows that have come out of the MCU yeah. and how it kind of I don't know it humbles the universe as a whole. It really does. They all can't be hits. Yeah, like going from Certified Fresh, Certified Fresh, and then you go to Iron Fist, eighteen percent. Defenders, 75%. Inhumans, 10%. <laughs> Punisher, 62%. <laughs> like, it, 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 I don't know. It makes it make sense in a little bit more of a consistent way. It proves that this franchise is still doing things really well. Yeah. But that it's not effortless, like effortlessly perfect. Uh, I think Avi Offer of the NYCU movie guru would disagree. Oh, boy. He says Black Panther is... An insipid, soulless, and overproduced bore. He gives it uh, a 4.143641 out of 10. What? <laughs> so, 
Avi. Like, what is that number? I'm more I, concerned with the number than what he said. I think he's just trying to be funny. Like uh, that, that's almost like Stephen Colbert's bit where he like plays a shitty YouTube movie reviewer, and it's just like I give this four baseballs out of a cat. Like it 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 sounds so so arbitrary to just put that specific of a number. Victoria Alexander of filmsandreview.com. With the bloated two hour, 15 minute running time, Kugler ran out of ideas. I disagree. You can listen to our whole episode <laughs> to find uh, out why I disagree. Yeah, you can hear me rant about this guy. Arm. Armin. <laughs> Black Panther turns racial po politics into what Malcolm X calls politics. The media's enthusiasm for its bland action flick is maddening. The problem isn't one particular movie, but the celebration of the illusion of progress. Armand, you Armand. suck. Yep. Um, he doesn't listen to this, so I can feel safe and say He'll listen to it at one point. Someone will be like, hey, Armand. <laughs> Way down the line when we get more, more listeners. Someone it sounds like a shitty version of Hey Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear god um but yeah i'm trying to think of like closing thoughts of like a closing thing to end this on um well, the, this phase is not over yet yeah in uh, a week 10 years coming uh... I, I i just i'm gonna put it out there for fans i know we've been waiting 10 years for this almost there's been like some 20 odd movies <laughs> Just go in. Don't build it up to be the greatest thing ever. Too late. Yeah, I know. The thing is, is like I, I'm excited for this movie. I am trying to go out of my way to avoid seeing more TV spots for this movie. Not that they're giving anything away, but like yeah. the more bits and pieces of new footage I see, the like it makes me unhappy knowing that I've seen more of the movie. But I don't know. There's so much hype that I think is both a blessing and a curse right now. I don't, I, I just want fans and people to not have it become a self-fulfilling prophecy where you build it up to be the greatest movie of all time. And you, I'm not saying it'll suck, but that I want it to suck. Just be critical. <sighs> it'll be interesting because I feel like we There's... could either, we could either be at a point where it, I don't know. I, I feel bad for the two critics for, <laughs> The two critics who are going to say actual uh, negative things, nuanced yeah. negative things, and they're going to get attacked for it. And I feel sorry for them because yeah. they're they're going to have uh, uh, valid critical uh, criticisms to say because they're going against the grain. Yeah, My and and there's going to be a hive mind where in the blogosphere. In typical like film Twitter, they're not going to say bad things. One because oh, I want to get invited to the next premiere. <laughs> I don't want Twitter mobs to attack me and uh, shit on me. So I'm gonna, of course, I'm going to say good things about the biggest movie of all time. Um, and that's the problem with film criticism today. It's a flaming dumpster fire. <laughs> I, it'll be interesting to see because I'm just kind of flashing back to when the Justice League like tweet embargo broke 
and everyone kind of tweeted out their reactions and how the the like the way that people worded their tweets to still be positive but then here and there kind of highlight what didn't work as much as you could within the confines of a tweet and i'm curious to see how that ends up being a thing for this movie because there's so much that we already know is going to be packed into this movie so it'll be it'll be really interesting to see realistically things are going to work and things aren't going to work and it will still be an enjoyable movie and i'm sure yes. there will be a lot of it that we will love but i'm not going I, in thinking that it's going to be the best movie that i've ever seen but see i know tons of fans are because they're so invested it's like i've watched 20 movies and you spent 10 years of build up for this it can't suck it can't suck but if it does suck they, they'll live invested. in denial yeah you can be personally invested but still step back for a second and look at the quality. That's the thing is it'll be really interesting to see when but they won't. Yeah. When, I... you, when, when the review embargo breaks, it'll be interesting to see what talks about, and I know we've had a conversation about this before, what talks about the quality of the film and what just talks about, Hey, this fulfilled something that I wanted to see. Exactly. And that's, that's that the latter is what the internet feels is film criticism which it's not now it's, objectively uh, looking at the movie it's ooh, how does this movie stack up against like with what i wanted yeah so it'll be very i'm i'm optimistic obviously i have been looking forward to this movie for a while it feels very surreal that it comes out in one week like i i can't believe that <laughs> it feels so weird i still feel like i'm the like me from four years ago <laughs> watching the MCU slate thing coming out and thinking all of the other movies were so far away but like this movie comes out in a week and that's insane to me and yeah. I it'll be very very interesting to see what happens with this because I also think I also think there's going to be even with people going in with the hive mind and the kind of confirmation bias and whatever I still think there are going to be people who are going to end up being butthurt about this movie. I'm talking about like fans, not so much as like the critics. Oh yeah. But Everyone's gonna get butthurt because this character didn't get enough yeah. screen time or this or, didn't or happen. These characters didn't meet. Cave. Like yeah. it, it'll be that. It'll be like, I was so looking forward to this movie, but then you kill off my favorite character. So I hate this movie. But then we're, we're forgetting that Disney could give an actual flying fuck because yeah. they're gonna be busy counting all their money. Exactly. So. Like they've already, the, the Fandango pre-sales for this movie have outgrossed the past seven MCU movies combined. So what do they care? Incomprehensible to me. Like I, when I read that report, I thought the numbers were off. I was like, how in the fuck is this? Like how, how in the fuck have they sold this many tickets? But it also makes sense. Yeah. So but, sorry, Deadpool two and Han Solo, but well, you're it'll, fucked. It'll be, it'll be, uh, I They're feel fucked. like, yeah. <laughs> Putting that aside, thinking of Solo, I feel like we're, we're on the precipice of a last Jedi esque situation where people have built this movie so uh, like up so much in their minds more so than the last jedi was because we only had two years really to kind of well, i mean i guess you had more oh, well i'll take it back even further to phantom menace yeah people go see this movie dozens of time trying to convince themselves that it was good there okay. is news footage of that you can I remember of people's yeah. like yeah i saw this like five times what do you think it was good, yeah. It was. It's like no, you're convincing yourself, buddy. Well, I don't even mean that. I just mean the Last Jedi in terms of the everyone has already written this movie in their head, 
So yeah. there will be people who will be unhappy that this movie doesn't play out exactly how it's been written in their heads. And that will happen regardless, I think. I think there's so much surrounding this movie that that is going to be part of the conversation for better or for worse. There's no way that it's going to be an overwhelming hive mind of everyone thinking that this movie is great. Yes. So it will be very... And like like you said, Lucasfilm and Disney, like Disney learned with The Last Jedi, they don't give a fuck. It's like, no. you're, you're going to go see our movie. We don't care. If you're talking about our movie, that's even better because then we get all the social media impressions and we get more people to come see the movie. And most so, of those social media impressions are good anyways because a dissenting opinion is, well, you know, yeah. good on the internet. Yeah, so it, I feel like this could be a Last Jedi situation depending on how it plays out. It's just, it's so interesting to me. I don't know. I'm just. Tweet us your thoughts at tomato, tomato pod. This movie comes out in a week. <laughs> yeah. Holy fuck. It's like just now hitting me kind of. This movie comes out in a week. But yeah, so tweet us your thoughts, tomato, tomato pod. Um, tweet us anything about Infinity War for the next week. Um, Chris and I will be seeing it together on Thursday night. We will podcast at some point after i don't know we haven't figured that out yet but we will get a podcast out with our thoughts yeah we will probably have a lot to say maybe a couple things yeah but we will try to have the conversation be both the fan like our personal fan expectations and the actual execution of the movie because i don't want us to go back against the whole rant that we just had like we're gonna have a, a very interesting discussion about this movie i'm i'm pretty sure so yeah, and in the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at Hey It's Jenna Lynn. And me at the Chris Fredo. As we said, tomato tomato pod on the Twitters. Uh email us if you want. <laughs> Twitter's easier. Yeah. Um, iTunes, subscribe, review, all that good stuff. I just realized, do we have our DMs open on Twitter? People could just uh, add us, but yeah, we could open the DMs. I'm gonna open our DMs. Because why not? I'm like, then we'll get some sort of engagement. <laughs> so who cares? I didn't know you had to open. I forgot you yeah, had to you do, do that. You do, because I checked the other day on my own account, and I was like, oh, I'm not doing that. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to open our DMs on this account, because why not? So yeah, if you want to talk to us about Infinity War, tweet at us, DM us, do whatever. Um, like I said, we'll be back next week to talk about it, which is so crazy to me. Um, until next time. Keep watching movies. Yeah. Movies. Yeah. Movies. Go movies. watch go watch Winter Soldier. <laughs> you have to watch one MCU movie in the next week. Go rewatch Winter Soldier. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. Bye. Bye.